2: to the top. Where's my bonus, baby? I'm here. I'm knocking him out. Let's do it. go Price. Francis yeah. who
3: works for JDS tonight. If he is not the
4: scariest power puncher to have ever touched down on that canvas, I'll take your other nominations. <laughs> I want my place in the division. I need some respect. Now I deserve it. The predator, Francis Ngannou.
3: Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Matt is, um, by the way, this is what a pig I am. I can't stop eating these pretzels with peanut butter in them. So we had to start five minutes later so I could finish the hand fill And I'm cleaning my teeth out as we talk. And uh, Matt is still traveling back from Australia. Uh, Ally Aquinta took a, a tough loss to Dan Hooker. So Phoenix Carnavalli is uh, filling in. Thank you, Phoenix. I always like when you come in.
5: I came in, I brought watermelon, but... You still went for the pretzels. That's why you
3: look how you look and I look how I look because I went for the pretzels. I'm disgusting and I'm weak. You You ever, see, not. A, you ever see the bad lieutenant at the end when Harvey Keitel is, I'm fucking weak.
5: That's how I am. I'm weak and I can't stop eating bad food. Being weak for pretzels is definitely, you know, not too bad. It could thing. be
3: worse, but I'm also weak for other things. Uh, all right, so we have Nico Price and Francis Ngannou, both, uh, I guess, FaceTiming, Skyping. Have you gotten a hold of Nico yet? Nico is fighting... <laughs> Uh, James Vick uh, this Saturday in Tampa on the uh, Michelle Watterson Joanna uh, Injajic card.
5: It's cool to go to see this happening because these guys are both coming off losses, so that's that's yeah. interesting that the the hunger is there for both guys. And oh, we're calling.
3: Don't you love Skype and and FaceTime instead of the phone?
5: Yes. Hi, hey, Nico. Up? How you doing, Nico?
3: How
2: y'all
5: doing? What's up, Nico? Hello, Phoenix. How you doing? Good. So it's good to talk to you, you know, and just kind of getting back into things. And, you know, how, how's everything going? Good.
2: good. Everything's going great.
5: Those transition times out, between out fights, what's that
2: like for you? Just getting better, you know, trying to be a good parent and balance being a good parent and a good athlete, you know.
3: And you guys are both coming off of James Vick. I think has lost uh, three in a row, three straight, and uh, he's making the move up. Uh, and uh, so I'm wondering if the cut was bothering him. Uh, and you're coming off. You've lost a couple in your last three. So this I is just really lost a, one. What's that? Just the one.
2: Just one. Yeah. I was saying.
3: I was saying the last three. I, I'm saying like this is a huge fight for both of you guys.
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I agree. It's going to be a great fight too.
3: And, and yeah. how how are you feeling? Uh, this being his first fight moving up. I mean, uh, does that make you feel good or do you not care? No, it's cool.
2: It's, uh, I'm cool with it.
3: He can come on up. <laughs> do you, you know why he moved up? Heavier water. What happened? Do you know why he moved up? Nope. Just
2: another name on the list.
3: You don't care? Uh, nah. Not I'm, at
2: all. I'm just ready to fight. <laughs> I'm a
5: fan of it because it takes away the whole weight-cutting weight, weight cutting. I don't think it's an excuse I think it's valid a lot of the times but you know the healthier people fight the better
2: Of course 100% that's why I don't try to go 55
3: (laughs) Yeah right but then we have, I think, what, Eric Anders is on this card, and, and he's, I believe, yep. moving down. Like, I'm always amazed with guys who want to go lower. Like, uh, Jared Cannoner can't stop losing weight. It's like, as these guys get older, you figured the cut would be the biggest problem, but they start going lower. I don't understand. Is that something, like, if you, if you ever changed uh, weight, could you see yourself going up or down? Which would be more of a feasible option if you ever had to do it? I would go up. You would?
2: If anything, I would go, yeah, because I can put weight on really easy. I try not to. Because yeah. I don't want to be, like, fighting 205 right now, you know? Wow. Yeah. And, I, I mean, just try doesn't... to stay at a certain level and then easy for me to make it down to 170.
5: It depends on what kind of weight we're talking about, right? Are we Are talking about, like, healthy functional muscle mass weight? Or are we talking, like, cheeseburger Oregon. weight? You know, it could be anything. <laughs> you know,
2: I'm trying to just lose a little bit of water getting there so I can still perform to elite level, you know? I don't need to lose all every bit of water in my body and try to go to, to a lower weight class just to perform like crap.
3: Yeah, it seems like the, that, that would... I'm always fascinated with guys who drop a, a huge weight cut and they put the weight back on so they're heavier on fight night, but it just seems like depleting your body that week and what you have to do to get down to weight can't be good for being ready to fight.
2: No, and it's tiring. You know, it kills you. Cutting from like 200 pounds to 170 is like, woo, for me yeah. that would be crazy. I wouldn't want to do that.
5: Your brain doesn't absorb any information either. Like I always hated doing interviews with fighters while they were cutting weight. You know, the, yeah, like we're you're just, just like
2: zombies. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> you know?
3: and you're fighting close to home. You live uh, in Florida. Does that mean anything to you? Do you at this point in your career do you feel anything for that, or you could care less? I think it's
2: cool that like my family gets to finally see me fight in the UFC. Like that's what it, like because this was the dream, you know, to be in the UFC and be uh, one of the guys from my town that everyone wants to come watch. And we are—we're bringing all of Cape Coral and Fort Myers and Naples. We're bringing a, a whole squad to to Tampa. It's gonna be crazy. Oh, you—they've
3: never seen you fight live before.
2: No, they have. They all my first eight fights were all in Miami, okay. so they're used to watching me fight but they haven't been able to see me fight recently since I've been in the UFC. So now everyone's like, yeah, I can't wait to see you fight live again. Yeah, it's 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 the big show,
5: you know? It's like going from theater to Broadway type of thing. Like, it's just like a big show. Totally cool. Very, very cool. And it doesn't
3: screw you up. I hate when my family watches me do anything. I just become ashamed that I'm 14 again and I suck. Like, a lot of guys are fueled by that. I'm so bad when my family is watching me do anything.
2: Well, my whole career I always had, like, 100 to 200 people at the fights mm-hmm. you know like always had people yelling my name so it's it's nothing new
5: so do you consider yourself like an entertainer as well as a fighter
2: i would just say i'm a fighter who gets in there and does what i love to do swing my hands in people's faces as hard as i
5: can and that's entertaining
2: <laughs> it must be well but I mean, i'm just trying, i'm just trying to be a fighter i just want to be known as uh, a godly fighter who went in there and gave everything I had
5: so you will not have any choreographed dance routines I will you. never have a
2: choreographed <laughs> dance routine first of all because I can't dance like them <laughs> second of all I just uh, I won't <laughs> I'll do like the running man <laughs> yeah. after I win
5: okay do that yeah I'm gonna hold you to that you promised me you're gonna do that so if you win this fight with big you got a running, running man, man. okay.
3: And you mentioned swinging at people's faces and how good that feels. Cormier said something in his fighting against Stipe about how it just feels good. And he could he didn't do, take his corners of ice because he was enjoying too much going for the knockout. Mm-hmm. Does it mean anything to you when you're, when you're fighting, like how you actually win? Like, Do you get caught up in those moments, too, where you might not be doing strategically what's best for you because it feels too good to, uh, to be doing whatever it is you're doing at the moment?
2: It happens. Sometimes you get caught up in the, in the fire and the heat, you know, and that's what we like. You know, cause we're crazy people. So especially me, I like it when you're throwing punches at me and I'm throwing punches at you and it's just like a tornado. That's so fun for me. Like, I can see in there, you know, it's fun. It doesn't bother me.
3: Is there any level of concern for you that's different when you're fighting a guy like, again, a fighter as good as James, they coming off three losses. You know, every fighter when they are fighting obviously wants to win, but you're coming off a guy who is desperate for a win. Uh, does that make you uh, feel any more concerned or do you feel he's more likely to be reckless uh, or more likely to make a mistake?
2: Honestly, he should be worried about what I'm going to do because I'm coming in there to eat and I'm a a savage. I like eating, you know, and when I'm in there, I'm going to get what I want. You know, like, I lost my last fight. I didn't win, but I dropped him three times. Remember that. Everyone forgets that. I touch your chin. I'm going to touch your chin. It doesn't matter who you are, who I fight, you know. When I get in there, my hands will touch you.
5: Is there any strategic strategy change from fighter to fighter? Anything specific about Vic that you look at, worry about, or analyze?
2: Well, yeah, Vic has all his... He has his own flaws, just like every fighter has their own flaws. I have my own flaws. You know, it's how well can we break them down and how well can we capitalize them on fight day? Mm -hmm. You you know? My last fight, I didn't capitalize. I saw him... And I went for him, but I was just I wasn't there all the way. I was too slow and Jeff was just a step ahead, that's all.
5: Okay. So so you saying, But I feel
2: I'm ten steps ahead this fight than I was last fight. I didn't even get the spar last camp. Really? Because I had two cuts during the camp. This camp I've got to do everything I needed to do. I got all my cardio, all my sparring, all my weight lifting in. I'm ready to go, and I feel so good.
3: Yeah. You, you kind of answered my question. Sorry, like I was going to ask you, how do you process a loss? To to kind of because some guys get caught in a losing streak, and other guys just will lose one and then come right back and win. But you kind of answered that. You you seem to look for the positive in it. Like, all right, I lost, but there was some good things that happened too. Do you try to find the of things course. you can do right m- more than focus on what went wrong?
2: Well, no, you have to see what's wrong. You know, like what didn't I do? I watched that fight a hundred times. Just looking where I could have capitalized and I didn't, so I have. You know, you gotta go back and look at that, and then from there you make your changes, you make your adjustments, you change your camp around, you change what you need to do a little more and what you need to do a little less. You know, you find out everything from there.
5: What do you feel you could have capitalized on?
2: I could have got the hell up with <laughs> quite a bit that I didn't. You know, because I mean, I would I wasn't getting hit down there too much on the bottom. It looked like it, but I really wasn't. Um, so it's just me staying too patient in bad areas and bad positions. That's all it was. Okay.
5: Okay. You know, and the, and the inability to spar because of the cuts, you feel like maybe you lost a little well, bit of your timing. Well, always yes, yeah.
2: timing, you know, that feel of just getting in there and going, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you got to build that comfortable, like that comfort in there and then get going. Like... I'm, I'm ready to go right now. I can touch gloves and start swinging. Let's go. You know?
3: Do you believe in things like ring rust? Like, if you don't fight for a little while? Because you look at Whitaker against Adesanya. Like he hadn't fought in a while. I, even though he lost. I thought he looked good uh, in no, the first He was round. hitting him. He was, <laughs> yeah.
2: He, he was hitting him. But imagine if he would have got those last two fights in and that little more experience than
3: him. But,
2: you you know, so you think it does contribute? Yeah. You know, I definitely think... I, it does affect you, but you can still win with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, it Wait,
3: affects you. When you're going in and you haven't sparred and you haven't gotten in the sparring you wanted, are you thinking, is that in your head when you're walking in the cage? Like I, I don't feel, or is there a moment in the cage where you're like, fuck, I, I didn't get done what I wanted to get done. And that's why this is happening.
2: Well, I try not to think of that in there, you know, because then you can you already beat yourself. Right, You're already right. lost there. So, um, in there, I'm like, yeah, I did everything, you know. Sometimes you lie to yourself. Sometimes you're telling the truth, you know. But hey, yeah, fake it till you make it.
3: <laughs> right. Once you're there, <laughs> you know, kind of have to have the mentality. Yeah, There's no great. backing out.
2: Yeah. You know that door. You hear that pin drop in there. Get ready because they're about to take. I got
5: I've got to ask you something funny. I don't know where I heard this. I don't know if it was in another interview, but you were saying that you wish you were up for that BMF belt because it would be it would yeah. mean something to win the BMF belt. But why do why do you say that?
2: Well, I said that because like the Diaz is like they're big uh, big. Um, I like them. That's yeah. why I slapped Tim Means because they. <laughs> I was like, man, I want to Timmy, I want to like, I want to as someone. Bam! But I would love to get in there with them too, you know, because sure. like, now we're at the same weight class. So you're hanging out around 170. That would be cool. I would like to get in there. And then Masvidal's a beast. You know, I would love to get in there with him too. Experience some, some good rounds with these guys and see how I stand and where I stand with them.
5: So like, let's say there was a rankings, right? Like, and you don't have to go by number. You could just name a bunch of people that would qualify for that BMF title, who do you think belongs in, the, in that rankings? Oh, man. Like, people... And it doesn't matter, like, where they're... You, of course, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Anybody um, else you think, like, qualifies for that type of title or to be in contention Me and Perry are
2: definitely a, a good... Would be a good BMF fight, me and him.
3: Mike Perry, yeah.
5: Yeah.
2: Mike Perry, um... Cerrone for sure, Alequinta. Who else at seventy though? Till's pretty savage.
5: Yeah, I-
2: he he he'd fit in there because he's a hard he's a hard head too. He's what good. do you think
3: of the top of the division though? What what do you think of uh, Usman and Covington?
2: Yeah, Dude, they got big mouths. They talk a lot. Like, get in there and fight already! Shit, you got the belt. Prove you're the champion over here holding on to shit. You You know,
3: like, come on, man. You surprised the fight took as long as it did to put together? It looked like it was going to fall apart at one point.
2: Well, they're negotiating for money, I think. You know, they're probably just trying to get top dollar that they can get, you know, because it all comes down to negotiating in this sport. I definitely found that out. Um, So, like, it's all about you got to find the right timing for your opportunity. And that's what I think they're looking for. But come on, man. How long have you had that belt? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm trying to... If I get the belt, I want to prove to you why I have the belt. Let's go.
3: What do you think yeah. of all the... There's a lot of talk huh? to people jumping Ooh. weight class. Hey,
2: Lawler. I just had an uh, an epiphany. Lawler, too, for the BMF. Oh, oh definitely. yeah, of course. All day. I,
5: I like... All day. I like your rankings. I like your um uh, choices.
3: Justin Gaethje.
5: Oh, yeah. Gaethje, Gaethje belongs in that.
3: Um... They
2: can make so many crazy super fights off of that, like, with that.
3: Yeah, Ooh. a fight doesn't have to be a title fight to be interesting. I mean, I think uh, uh, Diaz-Masvidal, no. now that it's been put together, it's, I didn't care about it before, but now that it's been put together, I'm like, fuck, I can't wait to see this Yeah,
5: fight. definitely. Dude, the
2: Diaz-Masvidal fight, thats I can't wait for that. Like, I'm stoked. I want to see these dudes beat the shit out of each other and talk shit while they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do it yeah, it's going to be awesome, you know?
3: Is it harder for you if you kind of respect and like a guy? Like You can tell they like each other even though uh, it doesn't mean anything to you.
2: Yeah. No, I'm going to punch you in the face with <laughs> your names on the list. <laughs> I fought one of my friends, uh, Jose Caceres, for for my title before I was in the UFC. Uh, and uh, he, he trained at American Top Team. He was at ATT, American Top Team Kendall, and I was at uh, Cape Coral. And we asked if we could fight for the belt because he wanted to fight me for it, and I said, "Sure, whatever." I fought him, you know. It's just a, it's just a fight.
5: Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, because we understand sort of the way the sport goes, it's very similar to two best friends that play basketball against each other, except we just have the higher tolerance for pain, you know.
2: And yes. punch somebody in the
5: face, but there's that. It's just like stepped up, but in 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 a way, it's still the game, you know.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I was, um, this camp I trained with my buddy, Miguel Baeza. He was on the contender series. We're fighting. He's fighting on this card too. He's the the first one on the prelims and I'm the the main event on the prelims. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. Uh, we actually fought each other. That's how we became friends in amateur. Yeah. Oh, you fought first. Yeah. We fought and then we were friends after we fought. He beat me. Uh, he was my last amateur fight and, then I went pro after that, and then I just went on a hot streak.
3: Yeah, I guess I only I asked that question because there are guys like you had Cormier and uh, who said he would never fight Cain Velasquez. Like there yeah. are certain guys that say like I'll never fight so and so. I just can't do it. Maybe they can't. Nah. Get, there's no one for Me you. But
2: Miguel are Brothers, bro. If we ended up doing it, it's for the belt. Right. That's the only way I'd fight my boy.
3: Would we'll be. For I hope
2: he feels the same. <laughs> yeah. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't, then. And fuck it. No, I'm just kidding. He's my boy. Regardless, <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke.
5: So <laughs> no, be- man, uh. Before we let you go, do you have any predictions for Usman and Covington? Or anything you would like to actually happen with that fight?
2: Um, I really think that uh, Covington might be able to do it because he's been looking really good his last couple fights like he's he's mixing it he mixes everything just it's it's good you know like i don't know why he doesn't fight as more Mm -hmm. because he has an elite like wrestling takedown style and he's picked up his punching game to like make you worry about his hands and then he takes you down and then he now you're worried about the takedown then he he hits you with the hands and he just keeps confusing you and throwing crazy stuff and then he has a tank that's for days it's cool i like watching him as- Usman's more of like a power dude. He's gonna lay on you on the fence, like lean on you and just like throw uppercuts and foot stomp you and wear the round down like that. But Covington, I think, is more diverse with the techniques on the floor. He's coming at you. He's uppercutting, moving, going for submissions, taking your back.
3: Yeah, it's just more clean. Mm-hmm. His pressure is relentless too. I I wonder how. If Usman will have a problem with that, um, or if he'll put more he pressure on Covington than Covington's used to getting as well, uh, he, he might pressure him more than he's used to. Um, and what he after what he did to uh, Tyron Woodley, like I don't think I I, ne- I never thought I'd see Woodley lose a fight like that. Like I knew he'd lose, but I didn't think he would lose that badly. But uh, people, I think, do sleep but on he, Covingtons and like him.
2: He didn't look right walking in the cage. Woodley. Yeah. he looked. He looked. Uh, he didn't look like the, the tiger. You know, he didn't have that look in his eye. It was different. Like when he was standing in there, I'm like, what's going on here? I was like, "He don't look like him. Mm-hmm. You know, like he wasn't like he wasn't like tight looking. He was like more like relaxed. Look, I'm like, why does he look like that? Like he normally he's like he's tight he's walking around his neck too he's like he's in the zone this one he didn't look like he was in the zone
3: yeah, what do you think that is for a fighter is is that because he's had the belt for a while and it's a little harder to get up to defend it X amount of times or does everybody just have that kind of a night
5: it could be so many things I think it could it be happens. fatigue too you know
3: it happens bad weight
2: cut mm-hmm. bad day maybe he got sick in the camp you know like so much stuff can happen that, that will change your the whole outcome of a fight
5: yeah
3: well listen man, thank you for talking to us uh, You're really an exciting guy to watch Everybody loves watching you fight Headlining the prelims in Tampa on uh, Against James Vick On the uh, the Joanna uh, Michelle Waterson card And good luck It's gonna be sick It is yeah, Your fights always are They're always fun You never are in a fight That people are not enjoying So uh, No, talk don't again. blink Because I'm swinging And I'm gonna try to take them down
2: You are
5: in the BMF rankings My friend
2: Yes, that's what I want to be in.
5: <laughs> awesome. I want to be in Nico. all
2: rankings. I want to be everywhere. I want everyone to just know my name. yeah and when well, you watch me, you're going to have fun watching. That's all. It's happening. Because it's going down. Yeah, and down by and the way, down. the
3: prelims, thats they usually put a very a guy or they, they think it's an exciting fight as the main right. event to the prelims. Yeah. Because they want to get you into the main event card. So, I mean, that's, that's a mm. fight that they know is going to be a good fight. So, they obviously have a lot of faith in you.
2: Yeah. So, that's cool. I'll end the, the early night off with a bang.
5: Right. <laughs> awesome, Nico. Have a good night, man. Take yeah, care, and good luck in the fight. thanks for us. Later. All right, y'all. Don't Bye. blink. Later. No. See you Bye. Later, <laughs>
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with
1: Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred gambler. Terms and conditions apply.
3: Uh, yeah, I like him a lot. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting take on, on Colby and Camaro. I, I think Camaro's gonna beat him. I think he's he's too strong, and I also think that the pressure he puts on Covington's not used to. But yeah, people do kind of sleep on Colby because they don't like him.
5: Right. You get distracted by his antics as Opposed to seeing you know how truly talented he is, and then because people don't like him, they don't want to say that he's talented, you know? And that happens a lot. It you know, does, that, right? That, that persona can backfire on you a little bit.
3: What do you think of, uh, I mean, wh- I, mean uh, I-, I wish Matt was here to talk about uh, the Al? Ally Quinta, uh, Dan Hooker fight. He- Al just uh, didn't have an answer for that calf kick, like you could see it immediately affected him. He switched to southpaw, and and it's easier said than done. So I don't know if he didn't see that coming or if it was just more effective than he thought it was going to be.
5: I think it was a little bit of both. I think that Hooker is really rangy. He knows how to use it. He knows knows how to use that distancing. He knows that, like, look, Al's going to have to get in, so let me affect his legs. If you're not able to spring off your calves and get in, if you're slightly slower because that freaking hurts. Yep. I think he was going for like uh, – I think he was going for high crotches and and uh, he could, he just had so much more range than him that he could, he could see him shoot in and he wound up sprawling unbelievably. Yeah. And he had Al in trouble off of those sprawls too by landing elbows and things like that. So I think the calf kicks and the distance were really what did it. And, you know, it's so funny. It's hard not to love Al because yeah. he's such a – He's such a game fighter, and part of him doing this is like, I want to go to Australia. Yeah, I want to experience this. I want to have a tough fight. That this is the type of thing where we still look at a loss from him and be like, Yo, he's just so cool. Yeah, <laughs> everyone likes so the guy.
3: Cool, like a Frankie Edgar type of vibe. Like, there's yeah, nobody he doesn't want to fight. He's not obsessed with the rankings. Like you want to fight him if if it's a good fight, he'll take it. Yeah. But Dan Hooker has looked really, really. He looked amazing in that fight, and it was a really smart fight that he fought. Um, And to see, I'll have to switch to South I want to say he did it uh, in the second round, but it might have even been in the first. But you can see it affected him. Did they knock him down a couple times, too? did. not he drop? Yeah.
5: It hurt so bad. And I remember first thinking like, oh, I wouldn't throw calf kicks. I would just throw low kicks because my discipline was Muay Thai. And this dude was like, oh, really? So then we were sparring, he calf kicked me, and I, lo- I lost the ability to throw good jabs. I lost the ability to even step forward, and I'm tiny, and I need to kind of get in and slip and get forward. And the calf kick, it, it hurts, it throws you off balance, and then every time you step down it on, on your foot, it like balls up and cramps up even more. It affects everything.
3: And, it's like, and then the second he would switch back... A fucking calf kick. It was almost like, all right. At one point, you probably have to want to say to the other guy, "Could you stop with this shit?"
5: It oh, hurts so bad. Yeah, it, it looks hurts. horrible. It hurts.
3: And I love, I love leg kicks because they're just things you never saw in boxing, mm-hmm. and they just look so painful. And when they're used right, and when someone doesn't have the right answer for them or is unable, to, like he, I'm sure Al knew what to do, but for some reason couldn't, uh, just couldn't uh, check them. That that has to be a, a very frustrating thing.
2: They're
5: hard. They're hard to see. It's like. Things happen in, in styles, right? Like, every time somebody does something, we remember, oh, we can use that technique, so they're in style right now. With Masvidal in the flying knee, oh, that's, I could flying knee. Everybody was flying knees. Anderson Silva throws the front kick, everybody's throwing front kicks. So everybody's got to watch out for calf kicks because they are, they are in vogue right now. They're in style.
3: There was a really great night of fights, uh, of course. Adesanya looked. Winnick, I thought, looked good in the first, even though he got dropped at the buzzer at the end. And if that was, if there was six or seven more seconds left of that round, he loses at the end of the first because he was not getting up. And good for Adesanya to not jump on him. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, he just stopped over him and, and didn't, uh, and didn't pounce. Uh, I really, I really respected that he, he didn't do that. But he looked incredible, and it's amazing how he addressed the fact that people don't think he has knockout power. Uh, he dropped Derek Brunson. Uh, you know, he's a finesse fighter, but he also does have knockout power. And I didn't think I'd see Whitaker get knocked out in the second round.
5: I think Izzy's talent is his accuracy and his fight IQ. Because, you know, everybody was talking about the Gastelum fight and where he went wrong, and he was like, look, I'm not perfect. I respect that he said that I'm not perfect. Sure. But his fight IQ and his ability to really read what was happening, I almost felt like, yeah, he took a lot of shots in that first round, but similar to how Anderson Silva kind of downloads what you're going to do and then is able to figure you out and read the situation. And then he landed that huge uh, right hand at the end of that first round. He had gotten the timing and, and the accuracy, which led to what happened in the second.
3: And Very Whitaker impressive. looked out of it in between rounds. I don't know if you saw in between, he looked shaken. He didn't look like, again, it was right at the end. Right. of the, If that had been halfway through and he recovered, but he had no, admitted. minute to sit down, get up, and, and, and enter the second. But I thought he looked good in the first two. He, I felt bad that he lost so quickly.
5: He did, but, you know, striker versus striker, I wonder why he decided to stay in an area with somebody who's really comfortable there. And uh, he just had a lot of confidence in his own striking. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, oh, man, but you also let him live in a place where he's comfortable, That's too, right. as opposed to... Maybe making him uncomfortable in the grappling department, but you know he did well against Gastelum, who's a good wrestler. It's hard to say, but Rob just kept saying, "I got caught, I got caught," and I was like, "I don't know if you just got caught. I think you got timed. I caught think you caught twice. Got red. Yeah." And and that's different than just randomly getting caught, you know. And his last, I
3: think his last ten rounds have been with Yoel Romero, <laughs> and I and you wonder as tough as Yoel is, uh, it does that again because Yoel kind of lulls you a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of non-action of him moving, then he explodes and I wonder if fighting such an explosive guy and I know you're preparing for another guy but this is a guy that's, that doesn't fight that way this is a guy that does not stop moving does not stop throwing kicks does not stop throwing punches it's he's he's just a different animal I mean it's, it's a different guy you're fighting
5: e- either way I mean they're two of the best in the business it was awesome to watch them fight I'm glad that, that we had such a high level yes. of competition but I was also kind of sad it didn't go longer
3: I wanted I kind of wanted to see out of Sonia I think he's so great but I felt bad for Robert Whitaker because he's such a nice guy and, and he's such a, he was a great champion Champion, uh, and we talked about Hooker, a uh, uh, Sergey Spivak against Ty Tuivasa. I wonder what is in because Tuivasa did not look at all good. He landed a few huge shots, but he did right. not look at, at all good on the ground. And um, I want to. I'm kind of curious as to what happens. He was, I want to say, eight or nine and zero, oh, and then he's lost three straight. So it's obviously in his head.
5: It's in his head, and also too. I think that he relied way too much on his striking ability because. How do you say his name? Spiv- uh, Sergey you... Spivak. Yes, Sergey has been grappling. I think he's done like judo and since he's seven years old. He since judo threw him a couple of times. He did. Yeah. He I, he had him in a like a head and arm and um and clinch, and then he 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 tossed <laughs> him. He had a number of trips and throws, power doubles, and uh it's like if you know that's who you're going against, you look like you didn't know how to defend against that at all. Yeah. So what happened? What happened there? It wasn't like these were super speed, advanced techniques that he was doing on him. He wasn't. He had a hard time even in in certain positions on the ground that were kind of basic positions. I was really surprised.
3: And you wonder if a guy does just—even a guy who's a black belt like Roy Nelson at one point uh, would just rely on that giant right. Mm -hmm. Because I think you just—and again, I can't keep—Cormier probably said it the most honest I've heard it said— uh, it just feels good to to knock people out. Sure,
5: sure. But when you are in a certain position, you have to defend against sure. it. You have to know those throws are going. You have to know that somebody is trying to 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 control your hips and things like that. Those are just things that Cormier, as much as he he loved to bang with Stepi, at some point, if he got into right. tied up, if he got into a position, his natural resting in, wrestling instincts would take over. He would know what to do. He would know what to do. He wouldn't. He wouldn't just be just flat and that's what I found in this particular fight I was really surprised
3: yeah I was as well Um, so congratulations to uh, Spivak I I feel bad for Taya Tuivas I wonder what's in his mind a lot of times guys will never tell you what what type of doubt they have you know who talked about self doubt and all these things and that's why I love Uriah Hall so much oh yeah because he opens up about the feeling this way or feeling emotion like he just doesn't give a fuck he's so honest about what's going on in his head um, and I gotta say I'm very psyched uh, he impressed me against Paulo Costa even though he lost that fight in the second he was uh, really really uh, he had a great first round I thought uh, and Costa is just uh, against Romero which again the fact that Romero at the distance after that banging back and forth I, I respected both of those guys more but an undefeated Costa against uh, Adesanya I think that's gonna be the
5: next it has to be I mean, in as far as if we're going by rankings, yeah, that's a hundred percent what's next.
3: Two undefeated fighters, right?
5: And and just seeing just seeing how Izzy handles somebody that way, because that's what Izzy's all about, right? He's about like the the skinnier guy that you think can't control the fight, being able to win. And you know, here comes Costa, who looks like a, pretty much like a superhero. And how does he deal with that? How does he deal with that power, that strength? It's very interesting.
3: Oh, how, how does uh, Adesanya deal with it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those guys all fight. The thing that's interesting is, like, they, they all fight people who can knock you out. But mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, Costa has an ability, like Nganu has an ability that goes beyond what most of them have. But I mean, anyone in, in, in the, uh, you know, middleweight, light heavyweight, heavyweight they can knock you out with one punch. I mean, right. anyone can knock you. So I guess fighting a guy like Costa for someone who doesn't fight is terrifying, but for Adesanya, maybe there's disadvantages to being that big. Maybe he figures he'll get tired faster. Maybe he figures, you know, my speed, well, I don't know. I mean, there's got to be something he would do to, to beat him.
5: He likes it. He likes the puzzle pieces, which is what I like about Adesanya is that I like his fight IQ. You know, I've I've watched him in glory because I was big into kickboxing for a long time. So I watched him in glory and I kind of watched him develop. And what I think people forget to talk about with him is because it seems like he just got to the UFC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think this is kind of like two years. But he's been fighting for a really long time. So he has... Uh, like an intrinsic sense of distance and timing and body types, and he's able to read people a lot better than somebody who's just getting into the UFC and has like maybe 10 or so amateur fights uh, or um, pro fights but not on the big show. So he's he's just a little step ahead. Did you see also on the
3: uh, prelims, I-, I hope I'm saying her name right, uh, ji Yun Kim against, uh, she beat not Na- uh, Nadia Kasem. Did you see that fight where there was a moment in that fight where the mouthpiece... Uh, Kim punched her mouthpiece out or it fell out and the ref immediately stopped it and gave her the mouthpiece. And it's almost like, what the fuck are you doing to stop? Even the <laughs> announcers are like, what are you... Like, you know, you have to let this sequence, I think uh, Annex said it best, with, 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 I think he used the word sequence. Like, that's you mm-hmm. have to let that play out instead of stopping the fight, separating them and picking the mouthpiece. It's like, what are you...
5: Yeah, I'm, it's tough. I missed it because I was at Comic-Con. So, <laughs> I, so I did miss a lot <laughs> of... <the, laughs> it up, I did miss the prelims, but like, I understand from... I've done a lot of... Um, I've gone to a lot of the, the officials' trainings, right. and th- there's a, a different schools of thought with this. Like, if the mouthpiece does fall out, you're not supposed to interrupt the fighters while they're swinging, obviously, because you could get hurt as an official, and you've got to let the action continue. But they also don't want somebody losing their teeth. Sure, sure. <laughs> at the same time. So I think it's really um, maybe slightly subjective okay. in a lot of ways.
3: Yeah, maybe I'm just saying because I was watching. You know, it, it
5: just once in a while
3: the refs will jump in and you're like, "That was odd." You know? Yeah,
5: yeah. There's times where they're active on the ground. You see someone just about to go for a submission, the angle the referee is at doesn't seem like they're being active because they can't see that they're grabbing an arm or whatever, and then they stand them up and you're like, "Ah!" So. And,
3: and by the way, we talked. To, I, I mentioned it to, to Nico very briefly about jumping divisions. There's rumors that Adesanya will fight John Jones. I don't care about that fight right now. I want to see Adesanya defend defended in the middle way. And I think he will. I don't think he's going to fight John right away. Um, that's not as exciting to me, that fight. When someone's just jumping the super fights, I don't...
5: I only like it if you have already cleared out like- your division. Right, yes. And so, like, my biggest gripe, and I think this was yours too, Jim, with, with Conor McGregor, is that you won the belt and never defended it. Yeah. And then you were doing all this other stuff. So it's very hard to consider you champion if you're not defending. So clear out your division. There's a couple sure. things that, that would be nice, uh, Cannonier be, oh. being one of them.
3: You believe how good he looks? Y-
5: right. So then, and then, if, if all be it, then go up and, and fight John Jones. D.C. said it. He thinks that Adesanya is way too small. Which, if you're going to listen to anybody's advice on fighting John Jones, it's going to be D.C.
3: Yeah, and Jones is good at everything. And Jones would have what is his reach? Um, Forty. Adesanya. uh, Jones is eighty-three. But I mean, what is Adesanya's? I I want. I'm going to guess it's less than that. And. When you're jumping up and wait for a guy who's as experienced and ferocious as John, it's oh, only three inches. You know what? That's not a huge difference, but you know, up against the the cage with Jones, what he does with his elbows, uh, I, I don't recommend that.
5: No, I talked to Chell's son in um, a while ago, and he was saying that he didn't realize how big John was because he's skinny. Mm-hmm. He says, but his lats and his arms and his upper body are like massive. He said I felt like there was like a big. Huge animal, like on top of me, and he goes, and you don't realize how strong he is when he grabs you too. So I don't know. I mean, I think that it it sounds like an amazing super fight, but it's like the least of my interest. Right yeah, now. I don't
3: care about the super fights. Uh, uh, is Francis here?
5: Oh, Yay! I don't I definitely don't want to make him wait. Uh,
3: oh, we're calling him. <laughs> God damn! I love the Skype song. Me too. I shouldn't. It's really catchy. No, no
5: I like it as well.
3: I want to know who wrote that. <laughs> Hello, uh, Francis and Gano. Hello, Francis. How are you?
4: Hey, what's up, buddy?
5: Hey, what's up, Francis?
4: How you doing? I'm doing great. And yourself?
3: Uh, very well, thank you. Where, where are you now? That's a beautiful house.
4: All <laughs> well, right. I'm in my house.
5: You need a big painting of you knocking somebody out on the wall, like right behind you.
4: Yeah, I know. They told me that I also I need a picture and everything to make my life uh, warm, <laughs> to make my life, uh, my house Seems more uh, habitable, but I'm a guy. I'm just a guy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, ha- are have you Have us good?
5: come over. We'll help feng shui the place. We'll put up some pictures and some, you know.
4: Yeah, but I'm not good at that.
5: I, I can't help. I have Darth Vader on my wall. So no I can't... man is
4: good at that. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that I'm good at is to sit here all day long. I mean, when I don't have nothing to do. I can sit here all day long in my couch watch my TV that's the most thing that I do
3: what you it, are good at is knocking people out which pays for all that
4: well I don't I kind of forget that because it seemed to be a very wide go when I uh, my last fight and I'm not in the fight spirit now because I don't have a fight so it's kind of like um, staying away as it's not me
3: there was a point when you had lost two straight, you you fought Stipe and you lost to Derek Lewis, and then you turned it around and you've had three very, very impressive knockouts in a row of three really good opponents. What what changed for you after the uh, the Lewis and Stipe fight? Did something change in your thinking or your training?
4: Yes. I mean, uh, definitely I dropped down the pressure and then, uh, I can. I also kind of understand a little bit how uh, this uh, game works, you know, because uh, we have to uh notice. I have to. I didn't do this sport for. I didn't do sport growing up. So as an athlete, I still needed to grow, and uh, that exactly what happened in the Stipe fight. The Derek Lewis fight for me that wasn't like really if. Um, I mean, for me, that fight never happened, because it was just the continuity of the Stipe fight. My, my, uh, I was physically there, but uh, mentally, I wasn't there. I wasn't in that fight. When I looked at the fight, I was like, okay, who, who is this guy? I mean, like, uh, what is he doing here? And I don't recognize myself.
5: What are the biggest things or lessons that you learned from those things that have kind of helped you mentally along the way?
4: You know, the biggest thing that I learned is um, how, how it's very important, the mental uh, part of the sport, and, uh, you know, how despite everything, it's still all on you.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, I mean, you, you can have a good team around you, but uh, notice you're playing your everything in there and then uh, when it does when it does work it's all on you uh, so you so that mean you are the one who, have, who has to do everything to make it work mm-hmm. you are the one that has the res, the whole responsibility
3: What's so impressive, though, about especially two of those wins against uh, because you had already fought Curtis Blades, but what's against guys like uh, uh, Junior, who said he was going to outbox you. And everyone thought that Kane was going to take you down and try to, uh, you know, put you on the ground and wrestle you at two totally different philosophies. And you beat both of those guys uh, the same way. Do you think they underestimate uh, what it feels like to be hit by you?
4: No, I don't think uh, they underestimate because uh, regarding to the um, DGS fight, for example, Mm -hmm. this guy uh, for sure didn't underestimate me. Like uh, in the octagon, I can look at his face. I can see, see him fight and recognize that he wasn't, I mean, like he was scared. Like, damn, don't get hit by this guy.
3: You recognize that on somebody's face when they're scared?
4: Yes, Uh, when the fight uh, goes on, I can see that.
3: Was there anybody you fought who you can remember saying, this guy is not scared, even if you beat him? Was there anybody you fought who you could look at his face and go, even if he lost, he
4: wasn't scared? Um, I mean, all the time you don't see that. I mean, uh, it's not something that you see all the time in the fighter face, but sometimes you can see it. So it's not like uh, I I didn't see that on on Ken's face, I didn't see that on uh, Curtis Blade, maybe a little bit on Curtis, you know, but you can't always read.
3: You can't always read it. How Now, you've been doing some acting as well. Did you just finish a film?
4: Yeah, that was last week.
3: Uh, what is the movie? Can, can you say who you played?
4: Yeah, that was uh, Fast and Furious. And... Uh, I play some uh, Ferocian guy, tough as hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you <it> were <was> fun. <laughs> Did you like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a, such a great experience with good people out there trying to make it, I mean, uh, trying to make everything possible, because I never act. And when they ask you to act, to pre- to do something, and you have to act, and they are, they were very patient. Like uh, to taking me through the process and all the uh, be all around assisting me, and we had fun. Mm-hmm. It was okay. so great So, you know to discover the magic of the movie, how how big he is, you know, behind the scenes. It was so great.
3: It's a long day, isn't it? When you're filming, it looks like it's so fast, but it, it's the same thing over and over. All it, it's a long day on a shoot.
4: Yeah. I mean, like uh, for one scene, you can you stay on one scene the whole, like three days,
5: yeah,
4: over and over. it's fun, it's fun.
3: were you scared when you first started?
4: No, because for me, uh, you know, I was just living the dream I was just enjoying it. I mean obviously obviously, I had to act, but I was also there as a fan. Mm-hmm. we gonna enjoy himself, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, at this point, I to play, have to play in the fast and furious. It was just some something unexpected, you know, some dream, and uh, yeah. So I decided to don't let the tre the stress take over, and then let the fun take over.
5: Did you have to audition?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Audition. Yep. Yeah, I did my. Um, my surf tape because I was in France when they auditioned me. I did the surf tape. I sent it to them. I mean, during during the audition and all those things, you kind of like uh, walk through the process a little bit, like learn how to uh, act, to you know, to put yourself in the in action.
3: It, when you put yourself on tape, I think that's the best way to do it because you can redo it over and over until you get the the one that you like, and you can send that one in.
4: Yes, but sometimes, I mean, when you don't have somebody around, which is like uh, who doesn't explain you exactly what to do, sometimes you might send the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the right one, and keep it because you don't know exactly how to to pick pick this thing you know so it's kind of like it's kind of tricky a little bit but yeah
3: is anybody talking because I know it must be frustrating for you because Stipe and uh Cormier are talking about possibly fighting a third time um what what do you think that where does that put you at this point what is it that you've been thinking about will you take another fight or will you be patient and wait
4: that exactly the question that uh, we asked uh, the UFC. I'm like, okay, where, where is my position? Because at this point, Stipe and DC is not going to fight uh, until next year. Yeah. Maybe I think yeah. it's March, and then so I'm gonna expect that uh, to, to wait that fight, which will be like nine months from my last fight, and then expect that somebody, the winner, didn't uh, uh, doesn't hurt or have to go recovery again for a certain period of time before expect to fight him back. If, and only if, the UFC doesn't decide uh, to put him against somebody else, because I don't have the guarantee of that, you know? So, the thing is like, staying there, uh, waiting, I can stay here one more year, easier. And, yeah, so it ends up to be like how the USA want it. They just want me to fight. They don't want me for a title shot. and Because I cannot stay like stay out for 15 more months right. expecting to have a tire right. shot. Um, I have my family. I have myself to take care of. Right. And uh, I think they are using that uh, leverage.
3: But then again, now you have movies, so you can tell them, look, I don't need this crap, I'll just go off and do movies. Put you in a better position.
4: Yes, but you don't quit like that. You don't quit like that. You just yeah. don't wake up and say, oh, I'll have a movie, i just go. And,
5: no. Yeah, and you don't want to get yourself too much ring rust either. You want to keep yourself hungry by having a fight or something to to work towards, right?
4: Yes, exactly. And uh, also, this is what I do, this, I mean... Uh, I love this and um, I really want that gold.
5: well if you look at division if we say okay in order to fight within the next three to six months it's not going to be steep in DC is there anybody that you say alright will this make sense
4: okay so the problem is like uh, actually exactly right now in the UFC roster in the US heavyweight roster mm-hmm. all the top ten are booked for right. fight all of them I mean, except this guy uh, Shamil, who just lost again, uh, Curtis Blade. But otherwise, the rest of the guy are both. Right. And, uh, I mean, yeah, kind of. So if I had to, if I would have to fight earlier, maybe uh, he'll be like top 15 or he'll be like next year.
5: Right, and you don't want to fight somebody you're helping out their career as opposed to them helping yours if they're lower ranked than than the top five.
4: Yes, and that doesn't uh, hurt me at all. Oh, if I fight those guys, I think you will just be uh, money-wise, but yeah. otherwise they won't bring me nothing. Right, I don't have no interest fighting them when I'm, uh, when I'm right here waiting for a title, you know.
3: Honestly, there is no one, I mean, again, besides Stipe in D.C., you, you fought Curtis, you fought JDS, you S, you've already fought Derek. Um, uh, uh, Volkov uh, might be, I guess you're saying he has a fight?
4: Yes, he's fighting uh, on November 9th. He's fighting uh, Alistair
3: Overy. Okay, and oh, who you've right. already fought as well. Yeah. So, yeah, there's not a lot of options for you unless you want to go out of the top 10, which, uh, that's right, that's not a big advantage for you to do is to fight someone else. I, I think people want to see you fight for the title.
4: Yeah, and um, yes, that the situation that I'm in now. And the UFC let me in this situation, you know. I don't feel like they're really doing, they're really uh, excited to make something happen to me. They're just sitting there and wait if they have some some sort of need and then they take me, but...
3: I think either fight is interesting. Either fight's interesting because you, you went the distance with Stipe, I mean, uh, it was a five-round fight, and uh, and you've never fought Cormier. I think people would be very interested to see that fight if uh, if that happened.
5: Yeah, what would you rather?
4: I would rather fight Stipe because uh, first of all, because uh, he's he's the champ, he's the one that holding the belt, and also just to have my rematch. So mm-hmm. he would be like um, one stone two bed.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and when you look at the matchup. For the third time with DC and Stipe, do you have any predictions for that fight? Knowing knowing the way Stipe fights, what do you think would happen in that third fight?
4: Uh, Knowing the way Stipe fight, and you have to also uh, see the uh, know the way that uh, DC fight. So then you figure out that everything can happen. Mm -hmm. You know, yes, everything can happen again. But I just think it sucks. Like. to just be there, uh, to hold uh, hold up a um, heavyweight uh, belt. like It's been like over two years that it's just between three people. I mean, yes, obviously uh, Derek fought for the title, but they keep going back and forward even where we can. Like uh, before I wasn't in the position, but now I'm in the position. They could have made this fight and made the rematch, after or whenever i don't know
3: -hmm. and who knows if that will even happen people are still speculating about what i mean for a while brock uh people were saying what about brock brock might fight again and people thought dc would fight him and now that he's out of the picture and he's not coming it looks like he's not coming back in now it is just those two guys if brock lesnar was possibly coming back that would add another person right uh into the mix
4: Yes, but I think Brock, Brock is not coming. He said that uh no long time ago that he's not fighting uh, nope. anymore.
5: He him and, and Kane Velasquez are wrestling.
4: Yeah, that was very fun.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> yes, that was funny to see that. And then it was kind of like the thing as uh when they when they fought a few years ago.
3: <laughs> That's right, yeah. And uh yeah, Kane uh, Kane beat him pretty uh Pretty decisively. Well, look, I hope you get a fight soon. Um, and who's Walt Harris fighting? He does have someone?
4: Uh, Walt Harris is fighting... Uh, hold on. No, uh, my bad. Walt Harris is fighting uh, Alistair Overeem, and Volkov is fighting DGS.
1: Okay.
5: Oh, okay. okay.
4: Yes. What fighting, or no, in? Over
3: well, look, we're looking forward to you fighting again. I know you're in a bit of a limbo right now until there's an announcement. I'm happy for you that you did a, a film and that you enjoyed it. Um, and we're looking forward to watching you again.
4: Yes, at least I have something going on, something exciting.
5: Yeah, for sure.
3: <laughs> and congratulations on the last three fights. You've, you've looked incredible. Whatever was, was not right, you fixed it and, and you looked great.
5: Yeah, and have somebody Thanks. send you some paintings.
4: <laughs> yes, I would. I would think about it <laughs>
5: There's enough good pictures of you throwing uppercuts That we could get like a nice black and white picture of you throwing an uppercut Like right there
4: <laughs> okay, Hey, did,
3: did you pick out the sofa? Or does like your your wife pick it out? You don't go near it?
4: No, I pick the sofa I kind of like pick everything, here, yeah. So that's why Um i don't have painting and photos because <laughs> i don't think about those things and flowers
5: flowers you don't yeah.
3: have flowers
4: no you
2: yeah.
3: want? me neither but i noticed that you're wearing white it's a white kind of cow i have a white couch too it's kind of like a zen kind of like a spa feeling is that on purpose that you like that kind of a spa uh, energy in your house or is that just the couch you liked
4: no, I think it was just like uh, the decoration, how what how it matched with everything in my house, with table, with the color, and, you
3: know. Well, it's a fine place. Uh, now I'm just asking you about your house. All right, listen, <laughs> it was good talking to you, and uh, we'll see you again, okay? Later.
5: Later. Bye. Bye. All right,
3: thanks, Francis. Bye.
5: Take
4: care. Have a good day.
0: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
1: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary.
5: Super sweet guy Yeah yeah he is he, He's so You know you look at heavyweights And you're like Sometimes they're not really He's so fit They oh, are
3: so in shape He's an odd You know it's funny you say that Because people are talking about Kane Wrestling fans And it's like mm-hmm. you don't understand Kane's always had that Like DC does as a heavyweight Right And uh, Fedor was never ripped I mean a lot of these guys are not And it's got something to do with Because they're not juicing When they're fucking you know
5: Yeah they're just huge beings They're but strong guys like ripped
3: He is, yeah, he is an anomaly (laughs) in that weight division to look as good as he does. Like you look at, you know, Wal Harris or, or you know, Verdum when he was fighting. Yeah, you wonder what's going to happen now with this division. What does Francis do?
5: I don't know. He's got to stay busy. He's got to stay motivated, and he's got to stay sharp. So you got to keep him motivated in the gym. You know, it's tough when you don't have anything particular to fight for. You can kind of you know, rest back a little bit, but you got to stay busy. You got to stay hungry. So I hope you find something soon.
3: Maybe they, uh, maybe they don't do DC Cormier 3. Maybe not. Who knows? I mean, a lot of times we think we know what they're going to do and they don't do it. Well,
5: why can't you do it, but just do it like I, well, you can't say not for the title because if Ngannou wins and he beats Stipe, then it's a different title shot. And it's not necessarily what DC wants. DC's already, you know, held the title. Does he just want Stipe for the rematch? There's a lot of things to consider
3: oh it has to be for the time you know yeah it has to be I mean uh but but uh, do do people want to see that I guess I would like to see a third
5: yeah but I think people would just see it because of the matchup I don't necessarily know if the title always has to be the reason when it holds up a division it bothers me so I'm being selfish by saying that
3: well in Ganu, DC uh, I would want to see as well that's a very I, I think not that Steve Bay is a better fight for anybody but uh, the fact that we kn- we know Cormier would try to wrestle him, again, Kane was going to try to wrestle him, and it didn't work. That's not always going to work. Curtis Blades, I'm sure, you know, it didn't work. But, you know, a guy like DC is a...
5: Yes, but as a fan of DC's, I'm being overprotective and I'm like, please retire. You're getting old and I don't want to see you get hurt and you just had back surgery. And yeah. like So I think like a little bit of that in me is like, hey, did DC just... Did Cause that he looked ESPN, good though for the first few rounds. Oh, he looks great. He looked great. It was a mistake that he made. It had yeah. nothing to do with physical ability or age or anything. He looked phenomenal. It's me just being overprotective right. idiot fan. But I will tell you this, his ESPN thing when he breaks down the fights. I can't believe I'm forgetting what it's called, but I watch it all the time. DC details, breaks down the fights. Details. Oh, okay. It is so good. Yeah. I'm glad I have ESPN Plus just for that. Like it's it's one of my favorite things to watch. He's amazing. He's an
3: incredible announcer, so there has to be that part of him too that's like it's like Paul Felder. Like god, this is a much easier way to make a living than fucking getting punched by Stipe.
5: Yeah, but when you're competitive it's hard, you know, like when you retire and you don't fight anymore and you sit there and you see something that excites you, you know, like I'll I'll still watch fights with girls in like my division and I only fought for a very short period of time and my leg will shake a sure. little bit like I still miss. And yeah. then I'll go to the gym and I'll have like just a hard session and I'm like, F this, I don't want to do this shit anymore. Yeah, 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 what am I doing? How <laughs> I was like thinking with myself?
3: <laughs> and what do you think too now? Eddie Bravo uh, was talking about Ferguson against Habib, and, and he said some interesting stuff. And people are like, why would he give this game plan away? But again, everybody kind of knew it anyway. Mm-hmm. And maybe he just wants Khabib thinking of that. He may want him thinking of that. Is that Ferguson is not going to make the mistake of trying to get up because that's where guys get in trouble. He's comfortable on his back. Uh, you know. You know. Again, that's easy to say when you know Habib's not dropping elbows on you. But what do you What do you think happens with something like that? I, I would. I don't think anybody has been as effective on their back as Ferguson could be.
5: Well, Habib has a really great way of controlling your wrists and your hands and just kind of keeping you down and the second you try to post he grabs the hand and then you're down and then you're being elbowed and it's like ridiculous It's it's awful so nobody has been able to kind of dissect how to get up or maneuver without posting without letting him have total control of your hips and I think maybe Tony as creative as he is has come up with a couple of really sneaky tricky eddie bravo rubber guard things that we haven't seen and that that they're really comfortable with so either way the philosophy in in mma i think has changed where if you're on your back you're losing because i hear this from wrestling guys all the time like get up get up immediately don't be on your back don't let the judges see you on your back you're losing if you're on your back and in some instances that has been true but if somebody like like Tony thinks that they're going to search and find submissions without getting beat up. Maybe they have some type of way of not letting Khabib Khabib. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, maybe uh, there's got to be things that they see. So, and of course he's going to be knowing that Tony's going to be trying to throw up submissions and and, and I don't know, it... Either way, that's why we watch this stuff, right? Like, to see yeah. if somebody can figure out the quadratic equation that is Khabib.
3: By the way, the whole on-the-back thing, too, you're correct about. And, and I think the perception of that, at least in the public or the fans' eyes, changed a lot uh, when Fedor was submitted by Fabrizio mm-hmm. Um, You know, he was getting pounded, and then all of a sudden, it was a triangle, right, that he put yeah, him in? And, and right. you're like, oh, all right. Like, he really fell for it. Sure. Uh, he, you know, he Verdum went down, and kind of possumed him, him into coming in, and he made the mistake, and you think that he would have recognized that, but I All guess right. the idea of just pounding somebody on the ground feels too good.
5: For sure. <laughs> like, you have the opportunity, you, you, you got them tired enough, you have them in that position, they're like, that's what's going to happen, but that's why we like MMA.
3: That's it's amazing to me, too, And you're seeing, like, it's, it's so stressful to watch a fight sometimes, because when you see a guy who's good on the ground, and you see a guy who can break away, but he stays for a second too long, and then he's caught, you're like, what are you doing? You right. are out. You don't want to be there. You want to be out. What do you, what do you think I'm not going to strangle him? What the fuck are you doing? Sometimes that's very frustrating no, to No, it's
5: it's a game of inches. It's it's uh, Rory McDonald actually taught a seminar one time and and he was teaching me something and it was just like some tiny little mistake that I made where where I put my hips in the wrong position or I didn't use butterfly guard effectively and the next thing you know I was I was mounted, I was uncomfortable, I couldn't breathe. I'm tiny. And he was like, it was an inch. All you did was give me a little, little tiny inch. And and, and that's really what it is.
3: Yeah. Um, well, listen, it's always uh, good seeing you. Thank you for coming on.
5: Yeah, it's fun. fun.
3: Um, I do not want to see. Let's just say this for the record. Uh, please don't do Jones Adesanya until Adesanya fights Costa. I think Paula Costa is a... A bigger fight, actually. I mean, for I, you know what? No, it's not. But for a UFC fan, hardcore fan, you want to see two undefeated middleweights slug it out for the belt. Clean,
5: be a belt. Be a champion by defending the belt and clean out your division. And then super fights are super and they're fun and great and all. But I agree with you.
3: Yeah. I mean, John Jones, who do I see for him? I mean, again, Cormier is not going to come back down. He's beaten Santos. He's beaten Smith. Uh, and Reyes is fighting Weidman. So, I mean, does Jones wait and possibly fight... Reyes, uh, I don't know.
5: I don't, I'm sure Kulovich. that Reyes I mean, is probably a possibility. I know John wants to be busy and get back in there. So, you know, something's got to happen.
3: I'm surprised Reyes took Wybin coming up, uh, unless, unless Jones was not an option for him. But to fight, uh, again, that's a dangerous fight. You know, I hope uh, Reyes isn't thinking that because Chris is coming up and wait, he's lost a couple of fights. Uh, that, that's a dangerous fight for him uh, because Wybin won't have a weight cut to deal with, and it'd be interesting to see if, if he can if he can get a hold of him what he does with him.
5: It's just nice to I I am always a fan of people going up in weight. I really, really, really am and I just want to see what happens with Weidman now that he's had a lot of time to recover because he's had so many injuries back to back that it'll be nice to kind of see him back and fresh and to see what he can do.
3: Yeah, I'm happy for him too that he's moving up and I'm happy he's fighting. All right, well, listen, it was really good uh, seeing you as well and Matt, I hope, is traveling safe back. it would be interesting to get his take on, on uh, Hooker Iaquinta when he's back here on Wednesday and uh, thanks to Francis Ngannou and Nico Price. It was great talking to those guys. Francis's house, I can't get over. how Zen. is. So, it's so nice. <laughs> You know, it's, it, it literally is like a white spa. You know, I'm surprised he doesn't like John Woo doves flying behind him.
5: <laughs> That's what I picture.
3: Very peaceful house, Francis. All right, listen, well, it's good seeing you.
5: Yeah, good seeing you too.
3: And I'm going to be at the Stretch Factory this weekend if you want to see me. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2-1, uh, no, sorry, uh, 908-545-HA-HA. Where revolting is that? Is that New Brunswick? New Brunswick, okay. It's 4242, but they put HA-HA because they thought it was clever. It's a shit phone number. Uh <laughs>
5: But everyone will remember it.
3: They do. Yes. Just go to the Stress Factory if you want to see me or Denver the week after. And uh, see you soon.
4: Bye. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available now wherever you get your
1: podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line.